What do you call a flying skunk? I don't, I don't know what. A smellicopter. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the children's hour. Kids Public Radio. Little skunky, tell me why you smell so funky. Lifting up your tail so high, you're so stinky, you make me cry. Sting. Little skunky, tell me why you smell so very funky. Stinkle, stinkle, little skunky is Lucas Miller from I Love Earth, the absolute best of the singing zoologist. You're listening to the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. It's another great day to be with all of you, including all the kids on Zoom. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. And who's with us today? Hello, it's Kodiak. Hello, it's Lucy. Hi, it's Illuminata. Hi, it's Kate. Hello, it's Octavia. Hi, it's Daniel. Hello, it's Zen. Hello, it's Amadeus. Hello, it's Melissa. Hi, it's Lucas. Hi, it's Corbett. Well, I am super excited about this show, you all, because it's about a topic I love. Skunks. Oh my gosh, skunks. Yippee. So stinky. Oh, wow. We're learning something about a a very strange animal. Now, strange is relative there, Melissa, because I happen to think skunks are very not strange. They're normal in my life. When I was a baby, someone gave to me a homemade stuffed animal skunk that I never let go of. Skunky. I love skunky. I still have skunky. And I have skunks living around my house. And I wonder how many other people have skunks around. I wish I did. I actually have a, a stuffed skunk. Aww. Yeah, Kate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thankful to say that I've never been sprayed. But I have smelt it. 
So maybe they're not so strange, but they certainly have strange properties. And we're going to learn a lot more about them with Dr. Jerry Dragu. He is the founder and the director of the Dragu Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations. And Dr. Dragu is so kind to be with us on the show today. Uh, We can't wait to learn more about skunks. Plus, we're going to have a book review by our own Evan Dates, a series called A Boy Called Bat. It was a 2018 Global Read Aloud book, but it's actually a trilogy. And Dr. Dragu is actually a character in these books. Plus, we're going to hear from the kids in the Extinction Diaries in their series that they're doing on animals that were thought to be extinct, but no longer are. They're covering an animal that is quite misunderstood, similar to our own skunks. We've also got a skunky story for you by the legendary storyteller Bill Harley. There's great music for you today on the Children's Hour, including this next one, David Polanski with his skunk song. What's black and white?
you're listening to the Children's Hour, and that was David Polanski with his skunk song. Well, on the show today is a very esteemed guest. It is Dr. Jerry Dragoo. He is the founder and director of the Dragoo Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations. Dr. Dragoo, it is such a pleasure to welcome you to the Children's Hour. Well, thank you. It's fun to be here. The kids have a lot of questions. We're just going to jump right in. Hopefully I have more than three answers. (laughs) What is a skunk? Uh, Skunks are carnivores. So they're in the group of animals that eat meat. Although skunks don't only eat meat, they eat a bunch of other things as well. They like bugs and flowers and vegetables and a lot of other things. So they're what we call omnivores. That's their dietary habit, but they're listed in the order carnivora. So with, with those groups of animals. And they're... Most people think of skunks, they think of the striped skunk, and that's about the size of a small house cat, long tail, small ears. What is the extent of the range of skunks? Well, the range of skunks is pretty much in um, the Americas, and you find them all the way down from the, the tips of South America all the way up into Canada. And there is a small relic population in the, the Philippine, Borneo, um, Sumatra area. And those are the stink badgers. And we found that those were closely related to skunks as well. Why is the striped skunk so much more prevalent in the United States than the others? Um, The reason striped skunks are prevalent in North America, that's kind of where they evolved. And so you'll find them from uh, Central America, Northern Central America, all the way up through Canada. But in North America, and they're also more likely to be seen around people. They like human habitation. And so you're more likely to see them than you would some of the other species. But uh, spotted skunks occur throughout North America or throughout the U.S. and into Central America as well. And we also have a hooded skunk, which is found primarily in the desert southwest area and then also into Central America. And a hognose skunk, which historically got up into Colorado. And within the last, I don't know, decade or so, we've seen records of them up to the Colorado border in New Mexico. So there are other species that are just they don't interact as much with people as striped skunks do. How did you discover that skunks were not actually rodents? So all carnivores have um, anal scent glands, which is the the bad smelling part. And mustelids, which is where you find ferrets, weasels, otters, badgers, all those kinds of things, they're in the mustelidae, or the weasel family, ferret family if you want. Historically, skunks have been classified with that group of animals. And when we started working with the DNA and trying to figure out how they related to mainly within each other. I was looking interested in population genetics when I started, and we could not get them to group with the, the weasel family. And they ended up being outside of that. And so if you look at how they're related now, they actually, at the base of that radiation, so they've been around for about 40 million years. And so they were the first branch off of that group. And then the next branch came off with things like red pandas. And then you have weasels and raccoons, which are closely related. And those are two different families. And so since we couldn't get the skunks to group with the mustelid, or we called them their own family, the Mephitidae. And that's why you call yourself a mephitologist. We are speaking with Dr. Jerry Dragoo. He is a mephitologist at the Dragoo Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations. Dr. Dragoo, you've barely mentioned the thing that everyone thinks of when they think of skunks. Well, the obvious one, of course, is the smell. And that part of how they get their bad reputation is, is, is they're worried about, okay, well, do skunks smell bad? And of course, my opinion is they don't. Uh, it's what they spray that smells bad. 
And so if you're walking around and you scare a skunk and it sprays you, the skunk's going to smell fine. You're the one that's going to smell bad. And the other thing we worry about is rabies. Um, a lot of people think all skunks have rabies, and that's not true. Like any mammal, they have to be exposed to the virus, and once they're exposed, then they can potentially get it. Um, unfortunately, skunks are very susceptible to pretty much every strain of rabies virus that's, that can be found. Can baby skunks spray? The earliest that I would have detected the spray is an animal that was three days old. At that age, it's not really, you don't get that nice, strong, powerful liquid. It's more of a kind of a gaseous thing. And it's, it's just kind of just a little poof, and you can just pick up the odor that way. It, once they're walking around and eating and all that kind of stuff, they're probably about maybe six, seven weeks old, you'll get more of a liquid spray that comes out. It's an oily spray, and that's more potent. What is the spray made out of? The different species of skunks actually have different chemical components, but they're all kind of sulfur-based. And there's actually two different types, and one of them is more like a salt, and the other one's more volatile, which means that it, it dissipates, it gets into the air a lot quicker and, and just kind of floats around easier. And the other part is more of a salt. And so what happens when the skunk sprays you initially, you get this nasty smell and it, it lingers around and it's all around you, you run through it. But if you get any on you, that is not quite as powerful, but if it gets wet, that salt kind of breaks up and then it releases that more of that smell. And that's why the spray will actually last for several weeks. Does tomato soup really work to get rid of skunk spray? There is a chemist in California who did a study on that. And basically what happens when you smell skunk, it just overwhelms your nose. And so it's just really powerful and it just smells really bad. And tomato juice, tomato soup, anything like that is also a strong odor. And so your nose is tired from smelling skunk. And so when you put the tomato juice on, you start washing off with that, you get this really powerful smell of tomato juice. And so that people would say, hey, that smell is gone. But Bill Wood, he's the chemist who did this. He said, you go outside, get a breath of fresh air, come back in, all you're going to smell is skunk. So it doesn't really remove the odor, but it just kind of covers it up temporarily. That is just something I always thought was true. Yep. Called it olfactory fatigue. Wow, it even has a name. We're talking with Dr. Jerry Dragoo. He is the founder and director of the Dragoo Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations. And we have some pictures posted of you with skunks doing handstands. We need to learn more. You're listening to the Children's Hour, and this is Joe McDermott from a CD called I Am a Baby, What's Not to Love About a Skunk. It reminds me of our guest, Dr. Dragu. My little brother Jimmy, he's as cute as he can be. He has a way with animals, and they just love Jimmy. He comes home with frogs and ladybugs, snakes and lizards too. And the room we call his bedroom looks like the city zoo. Now one day Jimmy wandered in, much to my surprise, with a furry little creature with very big brown eyes. It had black fur, a bushy tail, stripe upon its back. It followed Jimmy up the stairs cause Jimmy had a snack. And Jimmy said, can we keep him? And I said, no. Oh, 
dialogue just for a little while And I said, I don't think so But I want to love him and feed him I think I'll name him Blinky And what's not to love about a skunk? And I said, Jimmy, they're stinky was off at work and mom was on the telephone I said you better take a look at what Jimmy brought home when she opened up the door to his room I heard poor mom in a voice I'd never heard before say everyone stay calm can we keep it mom and she said no uh, just for a little while she said I don't think so but I want to love him and feed him I think I'll name him not to love about a skunk. Stinky. Now Jimmy is a good boy. He did as mama said. Down the stairs and towards the door. His pet he kindly led. He tiptoed down the stairway. Trying not to upset. The very gentle nature of his brand new pet. We tiptoed down the stairway, we whispered when we spoke, almost to the front door, that's when the dog awoke. I heard mom say, oh no, out came our faithful pup. I heard our doggy say, whoop whoop, and Blinky's tail went up. Now I've smelled a rotten apple, and I've smelled the morning dew. But I tell, that smell from lifted tail made all of us say, like a thousand dirty socks, a hundred pounds of stinky cheese. And Blinky took a stroll outside to smell the evening breeze. And Jimmy said, I don't want to keep him, Mom. And she said, no, not even for a little while. And she said, I don't think so. Don't want to love him or feed him. Don't think I'll name him Blinky. I know what's not to love about a skunk. There's... So that's my little story of Jimmy and the skunk Of how he made a friend that day and how our house was stunk And his mom sprayed the house with some stuff that smelled like roses Jimmy said, skunks will never be good pets as long as we have noses You're listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio We'll be right back the Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated. We're a New Mexico-based nonprofit organization supported by listeners just like you. Learn more about us at childrenshour.org. The New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs supports the Children's Hour. Celebrate diverse cultural communities of New Mexico at nmculture.org. This episode of the Children's Hour had special support from Sandia National Laboratories. All of the podcasts because they help me learn a lot. I'm Brooklyn Elder from Albuquerque. Find hundreds of educational podcasts at childrenshour.org or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Look for the Children's Hour.
leave it out. Uh-uh. Don't do it. That was the Kiboomers from Preschool Songs for Children, the Little Skunk Song. And over the break, you heard the skunk says funk in the background. Before that, what's not to love about a skunk is Joe McDermott from his CD called I Am a Baby. Today on the Children's Hour, we're learning all about skunks from Dr. Jerry Dragoo. He's the founder and head of the Dragoo Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations. And we still have a lot more questions for you, Dr. Dragoo. How do skunks spray? All clovers have these anal sink glands. And basically what it is, it's a, it's a smooth muscle that's wrapped around the little gland. And it's connected directly to the brain with the, by the nervous system. And so all they got to do is think about it. And it just kind of squeezes that gland right at the base of the tail. And skunks are different from other animals like dogs and cats and otters. Well, they have the, the scent gland just kind of leaks out into the, the base of the tail and they just kind of, you know, rub their butts on the ground and everything to leave their scent. But skunks actually have a, a nipple associated with it or a papillae that is at the end of that gland. And so when they, they will revert the rectum and that nipple just sticks out. And they can direct their spray with those nipples. Do they try to direct their spray? Like if I were to be sprayed by a skunk, would it be aiming for something at me? Your face. It's going for your eyes, your nose, your face. And their aim is pretty good. And they have a couple of different methods. One of them is if I'm a predator chasing after a skunk and he can't really see me and I'm running after it, he's going to start running away and he's just going to release it as a cloud. So it's going to be kind of atomized and just little bitty droplets and it just kind of poof goes out and the predator has to actually run through that. And so that way it doesn't matter where the predator is at. If you can't see him directly, he's going to run through that cloud because it's, it's going to cover a wider area. If you get him cornered and he's, he will generally face you with both directions. He'll, he'll turn into a U shape and he'll see his face and his rear end. And that's when it comes out as a stream. And that usually is aimed right for the face. Um, how do you get rid of the smell? I usually just take a shower. Does that work? No. <laughs> One of the, we, you, um, there's a recipe out there. It's a hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, and shampoo. And you can use that on, on your pets as well. Um, you just want to make sure you don't get anywhere there near the eyes because the hydrogen peroxide will mess with you. And what that does is it kind of neutralizes the, the sulfur compound. And then the shampoo washes the oily part away. Why do skunks smell when they're dead? Because one time at my school, there was a dead skunk, and it, like, smelled at my school for, like, days. Those scent glands are still there, and it's just a big old sack. It's about the size of a walnut, maybe. And so all of that liquid is still in that gland. When they spray, it's just a very small amount. And so the animal dies, the gland is still there, and so as the animal starts to decay, it will have the dead animal smell. But once the muscle and all that stuff breaks down around the gland, all that liquid just spews out. Why do skunks have a black and white coloration? It's a warning. Basically, the black and white, it's, it's easy to see. Most animals can distinguish between the black and white. They see that, and they say, that's something I need to be aware of. I need to be cautious around this animal. And so they rely so heavily on their scent gland to protect them, they use this color pattern and say, hey, if you come after me, I'm going to spray you. And so other predators will recognize that color pattern as something to stay away from. Why do you work with skunks? Well, when I first started working with them, they were in the weasel family, and not exactly the weasel I was thinking of, but once the first one sprayed me, I started working with them. 
And I realized that they were really different than other animals. And as I started working with them, people were, would find them as babies and say, I've got this baby skunk, what do I do with it? And so they would come to me because I was studying them. I didn't know how to take care of them, but they would bring them to me. And fortunately, my wife is a registered veterinary technician, and so she knows how to take care of little things. And so she would help me, and we started raising these babies, and then we would release them into the wild when they were old enough. And so then it's just kind of happened I was doing that. I could still do my research for doing the genetic stuff, but I was also learning a lot about behavior by taking care of these young animals. And we raise them up and we get them, prepare them for being outdoors. We prepare them for being in the wild. They're really fun to work with. Did you like cuddle them and stuff? They seem so cute and soft. They are adorable. It depends on what age we get them at. If we get them at the age where they already have teeth and they're able to walk around, we try really, really hard not to interact with them that much. And so we'll, we'll make sure they get food and water and we will check them for, to make sure that they're healthy make sure there's no wounds on them or anything like that. And then about the only time they really see us is when we're feeding them. And I also set up game cameras so that I can go out the next day and make sure that I still have the same number of animals I was supposed to have. However, when they come to us really small, if their eyes aren't open, they don't have teeth yet, we have to bottle feed them. And when you do that, you have no choice, but you have to cuddle them. You have to hold them, interact with them, and those are the harder ones to release because once we get them to the age where they have teeth and can walk around on their own, we'll put them outside in an enclosed area and, and try to wean ourselves from them so that they can be prepared to go back into the wild. But yeah, you can't help but cuddle the little ones. We have posted pictures of baby skunks at childrenshour.org. Look for the skunk episode. And there's a lot of links and information in there. But... This is the sound that a baby skunk makes. Who wouldn't want to cuddle such a cute little thing? Aw. Yeah, Lucy. I've always wanted a pet skunk. Yeah, me too, Lucy. Is it cruel to take skunks out of the wild, Dr. Dragu, and keep them as pets? Skunks are highly adaptable. I think they will learn to live in any environment that they're put in, which makes it really easy to do rehabilitation because I can take a skunk from one area and put it somewhere else and have a good chance of surviving because I don't have to worry about a lot of competition with other members of the species. And I, I tell people this, it's not just skunks, but it's pretty much any animal. What makes a good pet is not the animal. It's a good pet caretaker. So if you're going to keep an animal, any species, if it's a dog or a cat, skunks, you need to understand that animal and know what it needs in order for it to survive. Know what it eats, know what its behaviors are. Um, I had one person contact me and said, how do I keep my skunk from digging up my carpet? Uh, My solution was to remove the carpet because skunks dig. That's part of their behavior. And if you don't understand that, you shouldn't be having a pet skunk. We are talking with Dr. Jerry Dragu. He is a methodologist, which is a skunk scientist at the Dragu Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations. Do skunks hibernate during the winter? No, they don't do true hibernation. The way I understand hibernation is, is your body temperature lowers down to just a few degrees above what the outside temperature is. 
but skunks don't actually do that. They will go into a torpor, especially up north. Remind us what torpor is, Dr. Dragu? Torpor, okay. Um, basically, they just slow down. Their metabolism does slow down uh, when they go into torpor, and they can sleep for up to, you know, two, two and a half weeks or so without having to worry about getting up and eating or drinking anything. But it's, it's not really true hibernation. They can wake up instantly if they have to. But that's up in the northern part when it gets really, really cold. When you get down here into the, the desert southwest, skunks in some states will actually be more active in the wintertime than they are in the summer because it's, it's, the conditions are a little bit easier for them. What does a skunk's house look like? It depends on where they make it. <laughs> uh, some skunks, are they will dig a hole and live under that, or they'll crawl under a shed, live under that. It could be wide open. It could be confined. A lot of times they will take over the den of another animal. So if a squirrel dug a hole, they may widen it up a little bit and make a little area that can have a food cache or a toilet area. It's highly variable. So they're tidy like that? They have an area where they use the bathroom? Some of them do. Some of them don't. It's just, when you're trying to raise them, it's better if they would go away from where they're sleeping. But not all of them do. And a lot of times I get people that say, I can smell a skunk. I smell him every day at 2.30 right here. And that if you crawl underneath the house, you can see there is a toilet area. And every day at two o'clock or something, they get up, use the bathroom and go to bed. And of course, those nipples that we, what they use for spray is right there at their rear end. And when they have to go to the bathroom, it passes right by that. And so it'll pick up a little bit of that scent. You're listening to the Children's Hour. We're talking with Dr. Jerry Dragu, the founder and director of the Dragu Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations. And we have a few more questions for Dr. Dragu. But first, this is Beth Jean. Stinker never, ever felt like a pungent punk. Up into the ground he went kerplunk Cause he was really in a funk Being a skunk that never stunk Not a spritz, a spurt, or squirt He always smelled like sweet dessert He was dry as the Moabe desert Dinker hid in the dirt Became a squirt introvert He couldn't do Trash bin filled up to the brim Then came along a strong swoosh of wind Taking a whiff and a sniff He sat there imagining that that awful air Came right out of his derriere He said being fresh just isn't fair Try over and over But I can't 
said, well, being a skunk, that just would have stunk. <laughs> this is the Children's Hour. That was Beth Jean from a self-titled CD. And we're talking with Dr. Jerry Dragoo, the methodologist behind the Dragoo Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations. We've posted a lot of curriculum on our website. Just look for the skunk episode. We just have time for a few more questions for Dr. Dragoo. And then we've got a story from Bill Harley, a book review, and the Extinction Diaries all coming up. Kate, you have the next question. What is your favorite species of skunk and why? The species that I started working with, when I first started, I was told that there was a difference. We were trying to find out if there's a difference between the eastern spotted skunk and the western spotted skunk. And so that's what I got started on. But when I was working on my PhD, I actually started working with the hognose skunks. And those I find very fascinating. They got a long naked nose patch and they're very mustard. They're more like badgers. In fact, I think one of the common names is badger skunk. They're diggers, they, they can climb. They don't climb like, spotted skunks can climb up and down trees, kind of squirrel-like, whereas a hognose skunk can climb up something, but it usually climbs down like a brick. So it, when it comes down, it usually falls. And we had one, we actually had two of them that were born in the back of my truck. And so I kind of kept them for a long time. And one of them climbed up onto the couch, got up on top of our fish tank and dove into the fish tank. <laughs> we had to fish him out of there and that was fun. But the, the spotted skunks are pretty cute. And they're, they're, they're the ones that do the handstand. Wait, handstands? Spotted skunks, one of their natural defenses is to threaten before they spray. And so they can get up on their front feet. And so they'll, they'll actually stand on their front feet. And it kind of makes them look bigger. If you're a predator walking up and all of a sudden you see this. And if you look at them, they've got a couple of white spots on their rear end. And if you just get a sudden flash, it, you might look at that as an eye spot or something. And so it makes you, it looks like there's, okay, there's a big head here now, I'm going to back off. But of course, it's also warning with the black and white coloring. He's like, hey, I'm a skunk, I'm going to spray you. And here, let me show you I'm a skunk. And usually if they're doing a handstand, you don't have to worry about them spraying you. They'll usually drop down and face you with both ends to spray you. Early on when I started, we have a database where I enter literature. And my wife was um, helping me. She's reading through this one article and said that spotted skunks could hold that handstand for up to five seconds. And we just started laughing because we had one that would come out from underneath our couch, go up onto its front feet and walk around. It would chase the cat, jumped up on a TV stand, walked around, jumped off the TV stand, ran back and dove under the couch again, all on its front feet. <laughs> I don't know which part of the story I like best. Is it the handstand? Is it the chasing of the cat? Or is it just the fact that you have a skunk in your house at all? We're talking with Dr. Jerry Dragoo. Yeah, Zen. For all the, the good that they do in their natural habitat, is there any use for us humans to keep them around? Or should you try and get rid of them? Skunks do eat a lot of pest insects. So if you have a garden, they're going after the pests. In New York State, around 1914 or so, people who were growing hops wanted the state legislature to pass a law saying that it was illegal to trap skunks. And the reason being was they were the only natural predator of a hop borer beetle. The animal that was destroying the crops was the only thing that would get rid of it was these skunks. And so they wanted to actually protect the skunks for that reason. So they do take a lot of, and they'll go after um, rodents, which can be pests. So they will eat a lot of other pests. My recommendation, and I do this, I try to deal with this with a lot of other species. Um, I try to get people to learn how to live with the animal, understand it better. 
Um, they can be very entertaining to watch if you have them in your backyard. Um, if you do have a dog, you can have, you know, don't feed your dog at night because that's more likely when the skunk is out. If you want to get rid of them, the best thing to do is try to exclude them. If there's a skunk living under your shed, then try to make sure that the skunk is out and then block off the hole at that point. And that forces the skunk to move on on its own. Um, if worse comes to worse, there are some people that will trap these things and help you relocate them. There's a lot more to learn about skunks. We've posted a lot of links at childrenshour.org. Dr. Jerry Dragoo, who is a mephitologist and the director and founder of the Dragoo Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations, thank you so much for being with us on the Children's Hour today. You're all very welcome. This has been a lot of fun for me. We've got a lot more coming up, including the Extinction Diaries, a story by Bill Harley, and a book review by our own Evan Dates. In the background, the Brecker Brothers from Collection Volume 1, Skunk Funk. You're listening to the Children's Hour. Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. Support for the Children's Hour provided by Electric Playhouse in Albuquerque, New Mexico. More info at electricplayhouse.com. Thanks to the Outpost Performance Space in Albuquerque, New Mexico for hosting the Children's Hour. Support for the Children's Hour is provided by United Way of North Central New Mexico. Support provided by the City of Albuquerque and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. Bernalillo County is a proud supporter of the Children's Hour. Many thanks to the users at TokenIbis.org, who direct funds to the Children's Hour every week. Once upon a time, there was a skunk family. There was a mom skunk. There was a dad skunk. There was a big brother skunk. There was a baby skunk. And there was a skunk in the middle, and her name was Charlene. One day, it was the big brother skunk's turn to set the table, but he didn't feel like doing it. So he turned to Charlene, the skunk in the middle, and said, Hey, Charlene, set the table. Charlene said, No. Charlene, I'm the big brother skunk. Set the table now. No. Set the table now or else. And Charlene, the skunk in the middle, looked up at the big brother skunk and said... You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. You might be the boss of you, but not the boss of me. And the baby skunk said, Ah! Just then, the mother skunk walked in the kitchen. She said, What's going on in here? And before Charlene could say anything, the big brother skunk said, Mom, Charlene the skunk in the middle won't set the table. Mother skunk turned to Charlene and said, Charlene, you set that table. Charlene said, No. Charlene, I am your mother. You set that table right now. No, set that table now or else. Charlene looked up at the mother skunk and said, You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. You might be the boss of you, but not the boss of me. And the baby skunk said, (laughs) Just then, the father skunk walked into the kitchen. What's going on? The mother skunk said, Father skunk, Charlene, the skunk in the middle? Yes. She won't set the table. Won't set the table. Charlene, you set that table right now. Charlene said, No. I am the father of this family. I told you to set that table. 
No. Set the table now, or else. Charlene looked up at the father skunk and said, You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. You might be the boss of you, but not the boss of me. And the baby skunk said, <laughs> The father skunk said, uh, I, I, I just, oh, I've had it with this family. I'm calling the police. He got on skunk phone. He called out the skunk police station. He got the skunk chief of police on the line. Hello? Uh, yeah, uh, skunk chief of police? Yeah, that's me. Uh, I got a big problem. What is it? Uh, this, this is uh, Father Skunk over on Skunk Lane? Yeah, I know where you live. Uh, I don't know what to do. What is it? Charlene, the skunk in the middle? Yeah. She won't set the table. Won't set the table? We'll be right over. The skunk chief of police showed up in the black and white. Knocked on the door. Boom, 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 boom. They opened the door. Where is she? She's over there. Up against the wall, Charlene. I'm the skunk chief of police. Set the table. No. I'm the skunk chief of police. I'm telling you to set the table now. No. Set the table now or else you're under arrest. Charlene looked up at the skunk chief of police and said, You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. You might be the boss of you, but not the boss of me. And the baby skunk said, <laughs> That does it. You're under arrest. Put her in the car. And they put her in skunk handcuffs. They put her in the skunk police car, and they took her down to the skunk police station, and they booked her, and they took her in front of the skunk judge. Order in the court. I'd like to hear the first case. The skunk chief of police said, uh, Yeah, Your Honor, we got a serious case here. What is it, chief? It's uh, Charlene. The skunk in the middle? Yeah. She won't set the table. Won't set the table? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Charlene, I am the judge of this court. I order you to set the table. Charlene said, No. Charlene, I order you to set that table now. No. Charlene, set the table now or else you are guilty. Charlene looked up at the skunk judge and said, you're not the boss of me, you're not the boss of me. You might be the boss of you, but not the boss of me. And the baby skunk said, <laughs> That doesn't... Take her to the king! And they took her across the street to the skunk castle, down the skunk hallway, into the skunk throne room, and there on the skunk throne was the skunk king. And he was big and smelly. What's going on here in my castle? The judge said, Your, 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 your royal highness, I, I don't know what to do. What is it? It's, uh, Charlene. Yes, the skunk in the middle. Yes, she won't set the table. Won't set the table? Where, Charlene? I am your king. Set the table. Charlene said, no. What? I am the king of all the skunks. You are a skunk. Set the table now. No. Set the table now or else. Charlene looked up at the skunk king and said, you're not the boss of me, you're not the boss of me. You might be the boss of you, but not the boss of me. And the baby skunk said, Uh-oh. The skunk king got up off the skunk throne, looked down at Charlene the skunk in the middle and said, Charlene, would you, um, Charlene, would you please set the table? Charlene looked up at the skunk king and said, I'd be happy to, since you asked me so nicely. The Skunk King said, Thank you very much, Charlene. You're welcome. What are you doing for dinner? Well, uh, I don't have any plans. Would you like to come over? He said, I'd love to. Can I bring the judge? 
She said, bring the chief of police, too. And they all got back in the skunk police car, and they all went back to the skunk house on Skunk Lane. And you know what? Charlene set the table. And then they had a very nice dinner. And at the end of the meal, they were all sitting around talking, and they looked up in the job chart in the refrigerator, and guess whose turn it was to clear the table? Charlene's. But you know what? She didn't feel like doing it. So she turned to the baby skunk and said, Hey, baby skunk, clear the table. And the baby skunk said, No. You're the baby skunk and I'm Charlene. I'm telling you to clear the table now. The baby skunk said, No. Clear the table now or else. The baby skunk looked up at Charlene and said, You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. You might be the boss of you, but not the boss of me. And everybody said, The young skunk packed his junk in his trunk and headed off to boarding school with the monks. His preacher teacher was a funky monkey named Ms. Fizz. She gave him a quiz. He said, gee whiz, Ms. Fizz. I wasn't expecting a quiz. I'm just a young skunk looking for my bunk so I can unpack the junk from my trunk. Said Ms. Fizz, I'll show you where your bunk is. After you finish the Ms. Fizz Preacher Teacher Funky Monkey Whiz Quiz. The young skunk hunkered down on his trunk. And he thunk and he thunk so hard that he flunked the Ms. Fizz Preacher Teacher Funky Monkey Whiz Quiz. Sometimes you stink at what you're trying And sometimes you're lower than the ground The young skunk slunk back to his boarding school bunk His mind was sunk in a funk You stink at what you're trying And sometimes you're lower than the ground Now in the adjacent bunks were a couple of punks They were playing tiddlywinks and other hijinks Judging by the clinks and the clunks they said Ms. Fizz quiz is not where it is. Where it is is right here. A young skunk can depend on his skunk punk friends, never fear. And they say, sometimes you stink at what you're trying. And sometimes you're lower than the ground. Sometimes you stink at even stinking But sometimes your friends are all around The young skunk unpacked the junk from his trunk with a kerplunk He was feeling a little better about the Ms. Fizz Preacher Teacher Funky Monkey Whiz Quiz that he had flunked Something about the skunk punks in the adjacent funk lifted him out of his funk and he thunk. I just might survive this boarding school jive with the monks.
Artichoke from 26 Animals, Skunk is the name of that song. And Bill Harley before that from Play It Again, Favorite Songs. You're Not the Boss of Me is the name of that story. In the background, Algo Rhythm Natural from Pottington Bear's Playful CD. This is Evan Dates, and I just read three books about a boy named Bat and a skunk he calls Thor. Written by Alana K. Arnold, with pictures by Charles Santoso, and published by Walden Pond Press, this trilogy of books is a really exciting and heartwarming series. You'll have to read the first book, A Boy Called Bat, to find out why he's called Bat, though, because I don't want to give away any spoilers. I never thought you could wear a skunk in a sling. Apparently you can. You can also feed a baby skunk with a bottle of puppy formula if the skunk doesn't have a mom like in these books. By the way, a baby skunk is called a kit. I also learned a lot about skunks. So if you want to learn about skunks, this is the series for you. There are three books to read. A Boy Called Bat, Bat in the Waiting Game, and Bat in the End of Everything. The main picture of these books, put in a nutshell, is that a boy called Bat gets to take care of a skunk kit because the skunk's mother gets hit by a car. Bat's mom is a veterinarian and she says they'll have to bring the kit to an animal rescue center by the end of the month. Bat tries to convince his mom to let him keep the baby skunk and Bat even gets help from skunk expert Dr. Jerry Dragu, a real skunk expert. You'll have to read A Boy Called Bat, Bat in the Waiting Game, and Bat and the End of Everything if you want to find out what happens to Bat and the skunk called Thor. I really enjoyed reading these books, and I think you will too. They're published by Walden Pond Press, written by Alana K. Arnold, and have really great pictures by Charles Santoso. For the Children's Hour, this is Evan Dates. Extinction Diaries For 21 years, a giant spider, one of Britain's greatest, was thought to be extinct. But thanks to the tireless efforts of one man, the great fox spider was finally observed on a military base after two years of searching. Mike Waite from Surrey Wildlife Trust is credited with the discovery. The great fox arachnid hunts at night and moves with tremendous speed and flexibility. The little beast has eyes all the way around its head, making it difficult for prey to remain unseen. The discovery does not mean the spider is not endangered. In fact, the great fox spider is more than ever critically too close to extinction to ignore. Adjustments in society that benefit all insects will benefit the intimidating creature. The great fox spider is a member of the wolf spider family, which do not use webs to catch prey. Instead, it literally chases its prey, like insects and other spiders, before attacking and injecting them with deadly venom. The victim's internal organs are liquefied, then sucked out as food with ferocious-looking fangs. The spider, thank God, poses no risk to humans. My name is Rising Moon, and this is a Small World Radio production. (laughs) 
famous fellas. Yes, all our friends are big shots now. It's no one that we're jealous. Oh, nobody loves us. We hang our heads in shame. Nobody loves us. We're all oh so nice and tame. Say nobody loves us. It really is a bump. Nobody loves us because we're just for skunks. Big bad wolf with his pig appetite, a greedy guy, and that isn't he. All he does is brag about the dough he made with Disney. Oh, nobody loves me, my spirit sure is low. Oh, nobody loves me for the reasons you all know. Nobody loves me, my best friend said I stunk. Nobody loves me on the ground, I'm a skunk. Felix the cat is wealthy and fat. Yes, he was. He moved into the city. When did he move? He said, I'm sure, young man, uh -huh. that you're the other kind of a kitty. Oh, now. Oh, nobody loves me. I have no self-respect. You sure Nobody loves me. Uh -huh. My life's a total wreck. Yes, you are. Now, nobody loves me. My pride has shrunk and shrunk. Yes, it has. Nobody loves me. Wait a minute. On account of you, ain't nothing but a skunk. Now he has a new car, that Mickey the Mouse. It has a powerful motor. He passed me by and yelled, hey guy, you have a powerful odor. Hey, nobody loves you. I don't mean to offend. Hey, nobody loves you. Pops, you haven't got a friend. No, nobody loves me. I guess I've lost my spot. Nobody loves me on a corner. I ain't nothing but a skunk. I guess I ain't nothing but a skunk. That's Cab Calloway right here on the Children's Hour. Find our complete learn-along guide that's been digitized and rewritten at childrenshour.org. Look for skunks. We'll catch you next time. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. You can find photos, links, learn-along guides, and more about us at childrenshour.org. Many thanks to Dr. Jerry Dragoo from the Dragoo Institute for the Betterment of Skunks and Skunk Reputations for being with us on the show today. Thanks also to Christina Stella, our senior producer, and Lorraine Archibald, who writes our learn-along guides. Find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or go to our patreon.com slash the children's hour. Or ask your smart speaker to play the children's hour podcast. We post our photos and more on Instagram and Facebook. Find us at TCH Radio. Our theme music was written by C.K. Barlow. The Children's Hour is distributed by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, and by the Pacifica Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio.